think when you're scrolling through Instagram and the yoga world on there, um, as you probably know as much as I do, it can look very perfect. Mm -hmm. And um, the people I was seeing as I was scrolling were all looking kind of the same, really. The same kind of people all the time doing yoga. And then you go into certain um, brands and high street shops and things that cater for yoga. And again, all the Mm -hmm. women that are on their big posters are coming from that same place. And I'm not seeing any variety. That was Becky Vary Harris, yoga teacher, kirtan leader and body positivity activist. Becky and I had a really great chat about accessibility and inclusivity in yoga, why yoga is for everyone, and we explore the sound meditation practice of kirtan. So we talk about what it is and why you might want to do it and kind of what it can give you and what the experience of doing it is like. I really enjoyed chatting to Becky. I mean, I always enjoy chatting to a fellow yoga teacher. Um, I think this chat is really great for anybody who's interested in learning more about yoga practice and yoga philosophy and about what yoga can give us in our lives and um you know why it's not just for people who are super flexible skinny people who look good in a pair of yoga leggings and we really talk about how it's so much more beyond that and I think that's so important Um, And I think this chat's also really, really good for anybody who's completely new to yoga and who's maybe been a little bit um, hesitant to get into it, who maybe thinks that it's something that could be good for them, that they'd enjoy, that they want to explore, but they've felt put off by what they've perceived to be the yoga scene, the yoga world. So I hope you enjoy this chat, as always, and let's dive into it. Welcome to Create Shift, a podcast to support, encourage, and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. I'm your host, Ellen of Being Change. I'm a yoga teacher, writer, and purposeful and holistic living advocate based in Manchester, UK. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's lovely to have you. Hello. Hi. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, so uh, could you start by just introducing yourself a little bit, letting people know what you do and yeah, anything you want to share? Yeah, of course. Okay. So um, my name is Becky and um, I guess I'm mainly a yoga teacher Um, but I also kind of, um, over the years have got really interested in other things through that. So as well as teaching yoga, um, I also lead Kirtan, which is kind of like a chanting and musical meditation type thing. (laughs) Um, and then, um, through the yoga and the meditation and all that, um, I also have a real interest in kind of bodies and 
and body positivity. And so lately, a lot of my work is taking me down that path, working with women on finding confidence and leading workshops and um, whatever else is in my week, I guess. So, yeah, lots of different things. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I really like about what you share, um, because I follow you on Instagram, about what you share, kind of sometimes you share little stories of you kind of having a dance or kind of, it's very varied and I, I really like that. Um, it's not just, oh, look at me doing my perfect sun salutation or whatever it is, because that's kind of um, where I come from as well with sort of my yoga practice and sharing about yoga and kind of trying to make it accessible to everybody and inclusive. Um, do you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'd love to actually. And, and yeah, that totally resonates with me. I think when you first go into a yoga class, um, like you said, it's sun salutations and it's, oh my gosh, what am I doing? And it's movements. And over the years, my, I mean, I guess you'd call it my practice, whatever that is, whatever it is I do every day that helps to keep me sane and happy and functioning, um, just looks really different now. So like you said, I'll get up and, um, you know, it could be sun salutations that day, but like you said as well, it could be a big old dance to some music. Um, it could be some mantra work, some chanting. It could be, um, you know, getting paper out and writing or, um, it could be a, a ton of things, maybe getting outside. And to me, I consider all of that to be very much part of the well-being yoga world. Mm -hmm. I think it's so easy to think, okay, you need yoga pants and you need a yoga mat and you need to go to very expensive classes. But actually, all it really is, is kind of taking the time to work out what you need in that day or that moment and trying to give that to yourself as, as best you can. And then when you talk about it being for everybody, I think that, that then opens the door. You know, it does. You don't have to be super flexible. Uh, you don't have to be a Zen goddess. You know, it's mm. um, it's open to anybody because it can look like whatever it needs to look like. And I think that's what I like about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. And I, I think yoga has very much become, um, in my opinion, in our society to do with the movement and the physical and the yoga pants to an extent. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I always try and bring stuff back when I talk to people in my classes to the fact that that's just one aspect of yoga. Um, and, uh, you know, yoga is, is so much more than that. And without getting into a full kind of history philosophy of yoga spiel, um, there are lots of other practices and if you look at sort of the meaning of the word yoga to be to do with that union um you know I think that's got so much more to do with what you're talking about the different practices to bring to bring yourself into that kind of state of union um yeah absolutely yeah. the um like you said I mean again it's, it's not getting too technical with it but yeah the asana so asana just means the movement yeah. part of yoga um is, is, yeah, is that one little kind of chunk of this big, big world of amazing stuff that goes on. And, you know, I think yoga a really long time ago looked very different to how it looks now. And it's important to remember that for sure. And then that, that really works beautifully when you're working with different kinds of people. So if I'm teaching a bunch of total newbies who, whose bodies are a little bit on the stiff side because maybe they haven't stretched in a while and 
they're feeling a little scared and it all seems strange mm. um, and tough. Um, that's really nice information to be able to share with them, to just be able to go, do you know what? This is just one little part. And, you know, we can sit and we can breathe and we can chant and, and, and we can weave that all together. And hopefully they're able to leave that class feeling like they've achieved something and, and, and feeling a little better, which is um, what it's all about, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like creating that. It's about the feeling and the experience. And it doesn't really matter if you touch the floor in a forward fold, for mm-hmm. example. You're still going to have the same experience. And even if we're just talking on a physical level, you're still getting the stretch wherever you are in the mm-hmm. pose, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really... Yeah, that's tough, though. That's the tough part, I think, uh, for everybody is yeah. that that I mean, you're totally right. Like if your head hits the floor or your head's um, a little bit far away from it, um, like you said, it, it doesn't matter one bit. But that's a really tough lesson to to learn. Mm. You know, if you're in a room full of very bendy people, um, it's no wonder people don't maybe they don't come back again, mm. you know, after their first class. Mm. Um but yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. the tough part. Yeah. Um, so I guess, how are you um, working with this message of yoga being for everybody and all different types of bodies and things? What do you, what does that look like in your work at the moment? Mm. Yeah. Um, so a lot of it kind of comes from Instagram, where, where obviously is where we make contact. Mm. Um, and I think when you're scrolling through Instagram and the yoga world on there, um, as you probably know as much as I do, it can look very perfect. Mm. And um, the people I was seeing as I was scrolling were all looking kind of the same, really. The same kind of people all the time doing yoga. And then you go into certain um, brands and high street shops and things that cater for yoga. And again, all the Mm -hmm. women that are on their big posters – are coming from that same place and I'm not seeing any variety. And so I just wanted to start posting some stuff and saying, Hey, you know, I mean, by all means, um, me personally, you know, I'm, I'm not super skinny, but I'm also not plus size by, um, you know, and, and I don't want to take away from people who are plus size and are having that experience, you know, but mm. for me, I'm kind of a, a UK size 12 to 14. So I'm a little on the bigger size, especially for a teacher, a yoga mm. teacher. Um, and I just want to kind of go to people, do you know what? Like I have a body and you know, my body moves in a certain way and my belly folds in a certain way when I do poses. And guess what? That's, that's still yoga. It doesn't take anything away from it. I'm still having my experience and just hoping that, um, people see that and go, okay, well, maybe I can have a little go, Yeah. you know? Um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's part of it coming from, from the Instagram and the things I do on there. But, but then also I've started, um, running workshops. So for example, I have a workshop coming up, um, this weekend, which is all focused around body positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've made it open to all. And the idea is I've kind of had it as a come as you are type event. And, and I've kind of left that open to whatever people, um, what it come as and whatever that means to them. Mm-hmm. So for example, if someone's always just wanted to rock up in like a sports bra, 
and have the belly out and they've never felt like they could mm. Mm, now is their chance or they don't have to you know it's it's um it's just creating this lovely safe space and then using the yoga and the meditation to make a little bit of peace with yourself you know, you might not leave at the end of the hour going, I love my body. Because, yeah. you know, that, that takes years. Yeah. And, and, and me personally, I'm still on that journey and I still have really tough days. But I just want to help people start that process off. Um, so, so trying to break down those stuffy barriers that I think exist mm. within the yoga world. Um, and, and just opening it up, you know. It doesn't, it's an amazing life changing thing, but it doesn't have to be so serious all the time, I think. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 that's so true. Um, Mm. I'm interested with your workshops, so like the one you've got coming up, which sounds really beautiful and and lovely. I'm just, I'm interested in how are you um, facilitating that creation of the safe space before people get there? Do you know, like, are they just, is it email contact or is it mostly people that you know who are coming? Um, How are you, is, is there anything? different or new or special that you're implementing to make people feel safe to come as they are Mm. um that's a really good point I guess um so uh when I have for example this weekend is working um alongside sweaty betty so I contacted them um they run free classes and workshops Mm. as a brand and um and I just thought I mean, they're, they're a women's only brand for one thing. So, so women, it's only women who shop there. And, um, you know, all the workshops they have are like, Hey, come to this like super crazy hit and get abs or, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> the usual thing. Yeah. And so working with them is, is an interesting mix, but I think a positive step. Mm. And then when I was creating like the artwork and the posters for it, I've popped like a photo rather than one of my kind of professional photos that I I had taken mm-hmm. by photographers in the past. Um, I've just popped on like a picture from my Instagram where I'm in like, I think I'm in like these shorts and I'm kind of stood up and I'm doing like a big old twist and my belly's kind of squidged mm-hmm. and I'm smiling. So, so instead of having this serene yoga look, I'm, I've got like my mouth wide open, I think. And I'm just like, and just like smiling and, and like cheering or, or something. Um, so I think that immediately says, mm-hmm. okay, this isn't the usual thing. I hope that's what yeah, that says. Absolutely. This isn't Definitely. the usual thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then just the language I've used, you know, where um, I just put, you know, this is all about like, this is all about love and good stuff and positive vibes. I know that I know that language gets used a lot and it can become a bit cheesy, but um, I think in its purest form, it's important. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. 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 I totally believe yeah. that. Yeah. And I also wrote, um, thinking about it, I think I put something like come do yoga, meditate and dance to Beyonce, um, on the poster or something along those lines. Cause just, just to make it a little bit more kind of, um, like real, like everyone dances to Beyonce, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we just get together and do it together. And hopefully that people may think, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. It resonates. Yeah. Hmm. Sounds great. Um, you know, it's interesting hearing you talking about um, like what the, the images that you use and kind of what you put on Instagram and stuff. And I, so I, because I'm totally on board with all of this. Um, uh, this is making it sound insincere. I'm very insincere. I'm very sincere, not insincere. God, 
<laughs> can't speak right I'm yeah so I'm all for yoga for everybody and, and all of that and um but the, but I look like a typical yoga teacher that's mm. just my build so I sometimes feel bad about how I look <laughs> I yeah. got like the reversing right so I'm like I I don't want to post like I don't think I've posted anything of me doing anything remotely like yoga in a picture on Instagram for a really long time and I, I was recently thinking about it like god people probably don't even know that I teach yoga really unless they're reading my bio really carefully and it's just an interesting thing that like yeah it's it's so tough I think it's tough and you're not the first um yoga teacher I've had other teachers reach out to me that I've maybe like connected with on Instagram mm. um because I put together this kind of um uh, this like body positive photo shoot mm. yeah, yeah, um, yeah and this whole thing is happening soon and um when I reached out to teachers, I had so many that reached out and said, uh, you know, I love the message and I love what you're doing. It's awesome. But I mean, I probably won't put myself forward because like I'm, you know, yeah. I, I look like a white, you know, yeah. every yoga teacher like we all do, you know. So yeah. so I totally get that. And where does the line draw? You know, yeah. it's it, it's nice to share your practice and to share a picture, but it can yeah, be tough. Sure. Yeah, well, something I found is that um, when I, because I can't, but I, mean, I look like a yoga teacher. Yeah, sure, I'm skinny and like I, you know, I can rock some yoga pants or whatever. But I can't. I'm not super bendy. I'm not super flexible. I can't do a lot of poses. So what I found, I can kind of use to show my kind of, I guess, normal everyday humanness rather than super bendy yeah. personness is using props. So when I use props in a yoga class, uh, I think, yeah. like, you know, the students really. Uh, relate to that and, and then they think it's okay to use a prop and, and all of that oh so, hugely know. yeah I love props <laughs> yeah I know they're great <laughs> props are the best thing I ever <laughs> and more people need to know that props are great yeah and I think that would be super inspiring to mm. be honest to like a lot of the beginners that I teach I think that yeah. would be great for them to open up their Instagram and see someone doing like you know, a wide forward fold propped up with loads of blocks or something, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and, Which is and so be neat. like, it's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And me too. I love a prop. Yeah. <laughs> and I think remembering back to when I was first starting yoga, um, I was maybe nervous or embarrassed to take a prop. Um, mm -hmm. until I had a teacher who was sitting on a block saying, oh, I have to sit on a block for this. And then I was like, oh, yeah. it's okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Because yeah. you just makes it okay in the space. Yeah. And I'm the same, you know, I have super tight hips. Mm. Um, I have to sit on a block. Otherwise, when I cross my legs, my knees are like up in the sky. And that's okay. That yeah. took me years, but it's okay now. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Um, but it is funny, actually, because I, I teach at studios. Um, and I don't know if you find this, but you know, I use a ton of props. Mm. And then at the end, I always pull the props away because mm -hmm. it's a vinyasa class after me. And I know they don't use props. Yeah. I, you know, it's that it's that <laughs> It's that culture, I think, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. 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 Um, it's interesting what you were just saying about the tight hips thing, because I, I was doing a um, some further training recently, and it was all about um, anatomy, but it was about joint safety and health. Um, so mm. We were really diving into that, and we were just really diving into how everybody's actually different um, at, at the, like, right down to their bones, you know, the level of the way mm. their bones are constructed. So actually for me, my seated wide-legged forward fold, so for anybody listening who is like, what are you talking about? It's, it's the way you're sat on the ground with your legs out wide and then you fold forward. 
I some people can get their head on the ground um and I always thought oh god one day like maybe in 10 years and and actually <laughs> now I realize that it's actually the shape of my bones that is stopping me doing that um yeah and now I don't try to do that anymore because I know that if I will I'll damage my joints so I just chill out with my head on a bolster like all the way up in the air so yeah which is um <laughs> way better anyway yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so nice and also like I always say to people like your head might touch the ground one day but but like doesn't change your life life yeah carries on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the same as ever um so yeah. you might as well not worry about it too much yeah. and just get a good old stretch out of it exactly yeah yeah so um mm. let's talk a little bit more about kind of um the things that yoga can bring to you uh that isn't the flexibility of touching your head on the floor or the ways that it can you know change your life if we want to use the big yeah. heading yeah yeah we might as well <laughs> yeah why not let's do it so big yeah so what's what's been your experience I guess what what have been kind of the main things that yoga's um helped you with in your life oh my gosh um <laughs> it's a big question a good one but a really big question um I guess for me personally, um, I sort of see my life as like before yoga and then mm. after it. Um, and I think what it's done is just woken me up. You know, mm. I, I see myself before kind of like a head <laughs> on a body mm. and I was a little bit kind of numb from the neck down, mm. which I know seems like an insane thing to say. I mean, physically I could feel my body. I was, I was completely able and able to yeah. move and everything, but I wasn't aware of anything that was going on to me, whether it was physical or whether it was um, more like emotional and energetically and all of the other stuff as well. And um, when I started practicing yoga, I remember loving it, but I had no idea why. I couldn't answer that question at the time. I, I didn't know what I liked about it or why. Mm -hmm. um, I just got kind of like addicted to that feeling. Mm -hmm. And as time has gone on, it's just, I feel like it's a toolbox, you know, and I get up in the morning and whatever I've got going on, however I've woken up, whether I'm um, feeling kind of anxious, you know, I've always been a super anxious mm. person. I didn't realize that until I started yeah. um, yeah. delving down that path. And then you realize, <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been anxious for like a hundred years and I had yeah. no idea. Okay. Yeah. And I thought that was normal. And then, you know, when you meditate and you get that deep rest um, and you feel that peace or you feel moments of peace, it's magic. But it also makes you realize that, oh, so most of the time I, I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. And so then um, it's about delving into that toolbox and working out what you can do about it. So I absolutely kind of self-medicate my anxiety with yeah. whatever it needs that day and whether it's sometimes I need to move and I need to dance mm. and I need to scream or I need to chant and sometimes it's inwards mm. and I just need to sit and breathe and uh, maybe use a meditation of some kind mm. or a silent mantra um and that's been totally life-changing and and don't get me wrong it's not an, I don't think it's the easiest part no. some days some days I really really wish I could go back to being numb oh yeah just get on with life yeah because I wouldn't have to think about oh today I feel this way and you know and yes. and and those tougher days where you're you're dealing with stuff or you're you're letting go of stuff and it feels tough you know but but the rewards 
are, are so worth it yeah. when you have those magic moments. I'm so glad you said that, though, because, mm. um, yes, I think it can come across to people as well from the outside that it is this magical journey and everybody becomes mm. really, like, floating on air and, and everything, and that is so not true, and you're right, it is, it's hard. Like, oh my gosh, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah, for instance, I've had a bit of a cold recently, um, and it's not been too bad but like you know feeling a bit um run down and all of that and mm. and I there was part of me that wanted to just like curl up on the sofa for hours which you know I did a little bit of but then I also there's that bit in my head that goes but if you start moving gently and you move in this way and you stretch this part of mm-hmm. your body it's gonna help your immune system and I'm like oh shut up yeah <laughs> like, yeah it's like self-teaching constantly I know that feeling yeah it's annoying if I wake <laughs> yeah. up and I'm anxious and I'm like I just want to eat pizza and sit on the sofa and watch friends and again that's okay but then I'm always like that I would be much better having water and going for a walk in nature (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and it's you're right it's like you know sometimes you do you do just eat the pizza and you watch friends and actually that's what's good because you let yourself do that um right yeah (laughs) um, but yeah I think it's funny that you said about the anxiety as well because that was so the same for me um and interestingly I started experience panic um, experiencing panic attacks for the first time when I did more yoga practice and that's not to say to anybody that yoga makes you have panic attacks but I think what it is is that I was more in tune with um those mm-hmm. feelings and letting yeah it that's out. amazing that's yeah. so interesting yeah and now I am able to notice the signs before I'm going to get to that state and do things to help myself but um I just thought that was really interesting yeah that I was uh totally blocking it out before I think and just mm-hmm. yeah Mm. yeah numbing out mm. in whatever way we can and I mean no wonder we do life is tough sometimes mm. so it makes total sense that you would do things to to kind of numb out a little bit and not have to feel the pain whether that's with food or um anything else you know yeah. um but yeah that you're right um yoga's very uh what's the word it like strips you back and you're forced to be aware everything yeah like hyper aware all the time yeah but that's so interesting that then that's when things like uh, would appear to get worse but actually I imagine it was it was things sorting out Mm. for you in some way perhaps yeah and I was much um more able then to to tune in and go why is my body talking to me in this way Um, and then sort of dig into it and figure out what was causing it and um uh yeah, and now I'm much more in tune to the subtle signals of my body mm. getting more and more anxious. So Yeah, um, absolutely. But interestingly, I, I think that also came when I started allowing myself to slow down more in my yoga practice. And I, I wonder what you think about this, that sometimes people can use their yoga practice, especially a strong, um, maybe a shtanga or a, a, a vinyasa flow class, or but a very, very strong practice to almost medicate in a way that people might go to the gym and run it out a lot which I'm not saying is bad at all I think those things are useful um but I I personally believe we should temper those things with a slower practice that allows us to actually sit with discomfort Mm. oh totally oh my gosh I see this all the time and actually I think I was guilty of it at the beginning because I was a bit I was a bit of an ashtangi and that was my original teacher training which is so insane because my classes are Oh, so slow. <laughs> so <laughs> slow. Um, so I think you would laugh at the thought of that now. But um, totally. So when you practice um, 
stronger yoga and by stronger yoga like you mentioned for anyone that's listening that that you know is sort of at the beginning of their journey it just means when it's like faster and um a little bit more physically based and you sweat more and you know and you build that heat in the body and that heat um feeds um that part of you so if anyone's a bit of an a-type personality mm-hmm. yep, um you know a go get it yeah I think I think that's um that's most of us in, yeah. in the bit for sure yeah. but um oh yeah but um if you you know you're a perfectionist if you're a little hard on yourself if you really want to achieve and then you're doing all this really strong yoga and you are stoking the fire constantly um it, 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 it's counteractive mm. I think I mean, you might get a great bod and there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great. And, um, uh, but it's, it's totally the opposite. And actually, I don't know if you have a similar journey to me, but where I started off with all of that mm. and being very much, I think almost addicted to it, you know, that feeling at the end of getting faster mm. and being like, oh, that was amazing. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And actually these days, um, you know, my practice is really yin based yeah. or half the based. Um, and, and, and slow and steady. And, you know, when I describe my own practice, I would use words like nourishing and nurturing mm-hmm. and, you know, there are blankets and cushions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all the yeah. Posters, yeah. All bolsters of the world. <laughs> and just a supported child's pose is just my favorite place to be in the whole world. Yeah. I just stood yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that soothes that side of you, you know, instead of going, instead of um, kind of scratching the itch to achieve, instead it kind of makes you go to that voice inside that tells you, you know, you need to achieve. It just yeah. softens that voice and goes, actually, do I? Because I'm, I'm okay as I am. I'm enough as I am. Mm. Or something like that, you know? Yeah, and so for people listening, when we talk about a yin style of yoga, that's mm. in a yin class you hold um, poses for longer typically around three to five minutes and you're supported with props and for type a personalities like myself um that could be incredibly challenging like some people might be listening and going oh my god that sounds awful i couldn't do it um at which point i'd probably say do it um because <laughs> yeah it's probably what you need um, oh yeah it's probably exactly what you need and just like becky said yeah it, it does help you to just kind of realize that you yeah, you do have everything you need probably right now and do you need to keep pushing and why? And it really helps you to to dig into kind of your habits in re- in regards to kind of achieving and uh, what you do when you get uncomfortable and that kind of thing. I think it's really beneficial. Mm. Yeah. Oh, hugely, yeah. They say that the yin is cooling and I know stuff like that can sound uh, confusing or a little, I don't know, hokey or whatever the word is, yeah. but, but it's that idea that, um, it soothes or cools um, that side of you. Yeah, exactly. It's I think the, that's it quite simply, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's the yin and yang. Everybody knows the symbol, yeah. the yin-yang symbol. And the yin is the darker side of it and the yang is the brighter side and they balance each other as they do mm. in the symbol, basically. Yeah, and we all have both. Yeah. We all have aspects of both, but some are a little bit more than others. Yeah. Up yeah. to one side, yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about Kirtan because mm. I love it. Um, yeah. yeah. And I really want to do more of it. But do you want to tell people a little bit more about about what it is, what it's like, what the experience is like? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Okay. So um, 
so Kirtan, um, chances are, I mean, you might have a practice, you might love it, but chances are you might not be aware of it. It's not something that you see in every yoga studio. Um, um, and I hope that changes mm. as time goes on. Um, Kirtan is uh, really simply a sound meditation practice. So it's just another way of, of meditating. I guess. Um, it's mantra based. Um, and again, that can be a kind of like a traditional word. It can sound a little bit intense, but, um, the mantra is just a word or, um, a small string of words, um, that is used, um, kind of repeated in some form or another as a way of meditating. So, we've all got these kind of insanely busy brains. We've all got them because life is crazy. <laughs> and so we've got these, they call them our monkey minds because they jump around the place um, from one thought to another, to another. Yeah. And instead of thinking of that one thought, when you meditate, you want to give yourself something. So you, you're not thinking of a ton of things. You're thinking of just that, that one thing. So a simple mantra that you might've heard of in yoga, in a yoga class is, is the om. So just the oms mm. that you might chant at the beginning or the end or, or both in some classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kirtan is, um, I guess like a slightly more musical version of this. Mm. So it can be really appealing to people that enjoy music. Um, and I think that's everyone secretly deep yeah. down for sure. Um, I think the thing that people that scares people the most is that when they think about it, they think singing. Um, they think, Oh my gosh, it's, yeah. it's a singing thing. I've got to sing. Mm. And for us, especially in the UK, but in the Western world in particular, we're kind of funny about our voices. Mm. We, we, we decide quite early on if we can sing or we can't sing and then that's it. And then we don't, most of us don't sing. Um, so in a kirtan session, you, you come in and you're normally seated, although you don't have to stay that way. And the kirtan leader, um, which would be me if I was leading my own kirtan, um, introduces different chants and then plays on an instrument called a harmonium, which is a really beautiful, um, a really gorgeous yeah, instrument. I put, I put lots of pictures of it on my Instagram if anyone wants to take a look, but they are so pretty. Um, and really beautiful and they're vibrational instruments. Mm. So as the instrument starts to, you pump air through it and it starts to make this lovely vibrational sound. And then you're all starting to chant these mantras together. It's like you're sending out these vibrations into the room and into the space. Mm. Um, so it does a couple of things really. It helps to still the mind. Um, it helps to connect whoever's there. So you can be in a room uh, with total strangers. Um, I actually went to a kirtan last night in London with my teacher, Nikki Slade, who if anyone doesn't know her, she's amazing. Um, and so worth going uh, a trip up to London to, to go to one of her kirtans. She's, her, she has a really beautiful devotional practice and she's awesome. Okay, I'll, um, I'll hunt her mm, up and put links in the Yeah, comments please, so people do, can, please yeah, do. Check her out. Yeah, definitely. And she's quite well known in the, uh, you know, the Kirtan okay. world. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and you can, you know, last night there were 40 or 50 of us in this room, total strangers. Mm. And you just make this big old sound together. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, it doesn't matter if you exactly know what you're chanting because yeah. the chants are in Sanskrit. Mm. 
So they're a different language to you and a language that's not used anymore, you know, an old sacred language. And yeah, you just chant and these vibrations kind of get in the body and they zhuzh around a bit. And they say it's like tuning an instrument, Mm. you know, Um, if anyone's experienced a gong bath or Mm. a crystal bowl or a sound bowl of any kind, it's not too dissimilar, really, the idea behind it. And for me, you, so I go to a kirtan and it, it'll be on for an hour or an hour and a half. And I'm not exaggerating when I've never felt like it's more than five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I find a similar thing. I cannot describe that feeling where it feels like you just walked in the room and then she's always like, okay. Well, it's funny. like it's like that meditative state, isn't it? And it's like how people refer to the flow state when you're working or you're creating something. Um, I feel like it's that. Um, oh, it totally is. Yeah, and you're yeah. lost in something. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, the older you get, the less you're able to do that. You know, yeah. kids that. But yeah, and it's the loveliest feeling. And you leave all tingly and uplifted and. Uh, and you know it lasts for like a few days you're on this like yeah. lovely and high yeah there's so many things I want to talk about now I could totally yeah, geek yeah, out yeah. about all the sound but uh I was just thinking then when you were saying that I was thinking back to a really good um gig that I went to when I was a teenager and, and it was a great band and I was just thinking like it is a similar experience to seeing live music when you go to live music obviously you still get the vibrations of the music, the sound, and you're still singing with other people. Um, yeah. And so that, like, if anybody's sort of thinking, oh, I can't quite picture what it's like, it's kind of like if you've been to a really, really great gig, um, there is there are similarities there. Um, or even um, a sports match where everyone yeah, exactly. It's and, not that different from that. I mean, you're not quite, like, quite so laddie with the chances. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it is, it's that feeling of, oh my gosh, we're all making this sound together. Yeah, and it's, I really think that it, it goes back to a very um, innate human thing, um, uh, which is being part of a group, um, a community kind of thing, even if it's strangers, and making sound together. I think that's something humans have done for, you know, since they've really been able to. And I just think, like you said, it's something we don't really do anymore. And I think it's such a shame because it yeah, it feels like it unlocks something in you, I think, when you do it. Um, it's like, you know, if anybody sings in a choir, there's, there's you know, similarities there. Um, it's the, just the, the feelings that you get. Like, the first time I did kirtan was on my yoga teacher training. And I was a bit, um, I was a bit like, oh, chanting, that's a bit too hippie for me. Uh, which is hilarious because I'm now, like, becoming the biggest hippie ever. Yeah, fully formed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about the chanting. And we did this chant. Um, and I was, like, crying at the end of it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. 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 And that's, uh, you know, not everybody, but that's really common yeah. um, to have an emotional reaction. Mm. Mm. um because you almost feel this sense of of relief it's mm. just this joy mm. and I know joy sounds like a really big word but I mean like as an adult you don't feel a lot of joy a lot of the time yeah. <laughs> you, know, not, yeah. you know you don't tend to you know life is 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 um what's the word like it's repetitive and and you know it's normal yeah. most of the time and so to have these moments where you mm. feel joyous it's it's insane and yeah. it feels amazing it's like an elevated experience isn't it um, mm-hmm. um totally and i think so you mentioned obviously the chants are in sanskrit um this ancient language and um correct me if i'm wrong please but mm. <laughs> there's something about sanskrit isn't there being the the way that 
your mouth makes uh, shapes and sounds in Sanskrit is that it hits all of the different points of the yeah mouth yeah like yeah yeah there's there's these whole kind of um kind of ideas behind it so Sanskrit isn't spoken anymore it's kept as a sacred language Mm. so the idea is that it's not wasted on you know everyday talk Mm. it's kept for, for these purposes of devotion and when I say devotion I think it's really easy to think of it as religious but it's it's totally non-denominational and it's it's just about the self and you know connecting to the self Mm -hmm. and and yeah so you're totally right as well to do with the particular sounds you're making and the shape of the mouth they hit the um the soft and the hard palate which is basically the bit at the top of the mouth where if you get your finger you've got uh, I'm doing it now but you've got like (laughs) a hard palate between behind your teeth and then you go further back and and you've got that soft bit yeah. yeah um and then also there are certain sounds. So there are, there's a whole series of sounds called the, the Bijar mantras, which, mm. you know, I won't waste time kind of breaking all that down because, you know. Yeah, we'll yeah, have to get you on again and we'll just... We'll yeah, just <laughs> there's yeah. too much and we'll yeah. just go into sounds. But the Bijar mantras, um, Bijar means seed, mm. I think. Yeah, and if yeah. not, I'm sure people will let me know. But I'm pretty sure it means seed in Sanskrit. And yeah, um, each of those sounds lies in a particular place. So the idea is that when you chant a certain sound, like ram or harm which mm. are some of them they they kind of zhuzh I mean I love that word but like yeah, they zhuzh like they zhuzh it yeah yeah they zhuzh <laughs> like the solar plexus which is kind of the space above the belly button yeah. and between the ribs or like the heart yeah or the throat you know um yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's kind of reasoning. Mm. It's like and physical places for it in the body, which I, is so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna take it one step further and get even geeky. Yeah, uh, and please just do. Yeah, talk about in um, <laughs> uh, tantric um, philosophy and kind of theory of the origins of the universe is that the universe is made of sound. That's putting it simply. Mm. Right? But yeah, um, that is uh, in in that. Um, philosophy the universe is made of these vibrational sounds and then um the sound arm which becky mentioned the chant that most people might be familiar with is the kind of sound of the universe kind of thing um, yeah the, the vibra- first sound the they first say, sound yeah. and the the vibrational frequencies of om have they not been scientifically measured in some way um to match up with the frequencies of the earth uh, do you know what I wouldn't? I wouldn't know the answer to that, but I know that there is science. There is science. <laughs> there's science. That's a great sentence, isn't it? There is science. Yeah, and uh, and and that's me kind of filling that in. But yeah, no, there there and, is. And, you know, I really urge people to kind of do a bit of googling. I'll I'll do a bit of googling because I can't just put that statement out there and then just walk away. I'll do some googling and I'll see what I can dig up. I would and love I'll... to know the answer to yeah. that. Yeah, I, I'm sure there is some sort of study that's been done on that. So I'll I'll hunt it out and I can pop links in the show notes and stuff. And if, if I'm entirely incorrect, then... Yeah, and that wouldn't surprise me at yeah. all. Yeah, yeah. Because this thing about that, that arm, it's so grounding. It's so low in the body. Mm. I mean, if you kind of sit and you make an arm right now, if you're alone and you know you're happy to, it's sort of, it's it's down in the belly mm. and you feel it. Everything yeah, and, and if, if you do it and then afterwards you, you sit in silence, you can mm. feel the vibrations. Um, yeah, they say that you, so you have like the, the time that you make the sound. So for example, if you sat down and you arm, 
And then, so if you chanted on, you've got the part where you were making the sound, but then you've got equally the same amount of time. And, and this is just something I was told. I mean, you know, again, things passed on. That then when you sit in silence, it's, it continues to vibrate. Mm. And you can feel it. Those, so, you, so in a kirtan, you would chant one mantra for maybe like 10, 12 minutes. I mean, sometimes longer if, if the time is there. Mm. And then you always need to have the moment of silence mm. afterwards, a few moments of it. And that's the best bit. That bit is magic. Mm. And that's when people find that sometimes they have a physical reaction, like a tingling mm. um, in their bodies. Um, they can have an emotional reaction, like you mentioned, like tears, mm. Um, and, and or feeling overcome. Some people just feel giddy, which yeah. is great. Yeah, <laughs> I think best. as well. Like on a on a very simple level, you're breathing more when you're mm. singing or when you're chanting oh, yeah. in that way. And uh, we often don't breathe to our full capacity, so you can literally feel giddy from the oxygen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, a good old sing song feels amazing because you are mm. gulping in that breath, mm. and when you're doing that, it feels great. And and that's yeah. That's a, that's a big part of it as well. Mm. You know, you're breathing to make these sounds yeah. and it feels yeah. good. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. That's so interesting. Yeah. So if people listening to this are, maybe they've never tried yoga before, but they've always maybe been a bit interested. Um, what, what do you think, um, like what would be your advice for someone who's wanting to mm. get started and have a go? Okay. Oh, it's, it's tricky. So I would, I always say to people, go and try. I always say I'm biased, but Mm -hmm, go because just go, just go and try a class. Um, what I would say is finding the right teacher Mm. is a real chemistry Mm -hmm. thing. And I'm sure you agree with this and it doesn't always work. You know, I have people who come along and I don't see them again. And I have total respect for that because they're off finding the right teacher for them. And that's totally fine. And for some reason, some teachers just don't float your boat and it's Mm. not them. It's not you. It just doesn't work. So I would say go to a class. If there is a beginner's class, at a studio near you or, you know, advertise, then great, because that'll be a space that perhaps is a little bit slower, maybe there's a little bit more information. But if the first one doesn't quite do it, I'd recommend trying a different teacher or even a different studio or even just someone in a hall at the end of your street. It doesn't really matter. Um, And there's a lot of online resources as well. I'm a big believer in all that. Yeah. So you don't be yoga is expensive yeah. and so if you can find videos online and just have a little go yourself it doesn't need to be an hour a day it can be five minutes a couple yeah. of times a week, and Absolutely. that will show amazing benefits mm-hmm. for sure mm. yeah I, I started online I mean I, I did a few classes here and there um for a bit but when I got sort of more serious about doing it every day I did it online and I still do it mostly online um Me too. so yeah hooray um hey I love an online practice Me too. Yeah. Um, but you're totally right about finding the right teacher as well. And I think if you are completely new, if you do find a teacher that uh, who resonates with you, then that's, that is great because you can get some grounding in sort of the foundations of poses and, and how to do it for your body with someone actually there looking at you. But um, yeah, I speak to so many people who say, oh, I tried yoga once and it, it just wasn't for me. And I sort of, 
I say to them, try a different teacher, try a different style um, as well, because there are so many different yeah, styles in yoga class. that's the thing. I didn't even mention that. But, yeah, there's so many different styles. And if you wander into an Ashtanga class, yeah, yes. a Bikram class is your first class, it's going to be scary. It is yeah, going to be sure. scary. Yeah. And you're going to feel out of your depth because they're teaching style and, and it's not wrong. It's great. Mm. It's, it's what they do and it's mm-hmm. what they need. But it's perhaps not going to be the right place. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. try something else. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And little and often, and it, and like you mentioned at the beginning, your own practice doesn't need to look like what you think it needs mm. to look like. Mm. It can look like anything, and whether that's just you know you're at the bus stop in the morning and you take ten big breaths, yeah. that is a start of something. That's yeah. a practice. Yeah. yeah. Or you're at work and you realise that you're feeling really tired in the middle of the day, and actually feel like mm-hmm. if you did a forward fold in the staff room. Um, yeah that would help you know um yeah yeah and get that blood to your brain yeah yeah. and I think that's like one of the main things that yoga has really helped me with is actually being able to listen to and trust my body um Mm -hmm. which is a huge thing it's kind of like you were saying uh, about your journey of feeling Mm -hmm. sort of that disconnect and that that numbing because sometimes I've been in a class myself uh when I was sort of quite new to it and people would say and now move in a way that feels good for you. And I'd be like, what? Yeah. <laughs> you know? and oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a, That's an insane um, idea for most people. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you're similar to me now. And someone says move in a way that feels good. I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> like, like, I'm around all over the place. Yeah. But, um... I'm like, yes, please. But yeah, no, I get that. And I see that. I teach a lot of beginners. So I see that. And I'm yeah. sure you do as well. I see it too, yeah. um, and that takes practice and mm. time. Yeah, and it yeah, it just takes learning to listen to your body. So, yeah, if if you're starting out and you do want to just do a little bit, you know, a five minute video. There are five minute YouTube videos of yoga, mm. or yeah, there um, are. Yeah, uh, uh, I've got some on my Instagram TV, and um, yeah. Uh, and you do online videos too, don't you, through your Patreon? I do, I do. I've kind of, I, it's, it's kind of a new thing for me. So I filmed a ton of videos with the idea behind them that most people can do them, you know, that, that anyone can give them a yeah. go. And um, that they're not sh- too shiny and perfect, mm. that they're a little bit more down to earth. Um, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, so that they don't put people off, so yeah. people don't think, well, I can't do that, I'm not doing that video again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember that feeling, and it sucks, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, great, well, I have one final question for you, which is okay. my two-part question that I'm asking all the guests on the podcast. So, part one of the question is, um, in your kind of ideal, absolute dream version of society in the future, what changes would you want to see people have made, um, having made towards a more purposeful and holistic life? And then part two of the question is, what small changes could people make right now to move in that direction if they wanted to? Okay, wow. Big, big question. Yeah, Yeah, no, I love it. Um, Moving forward... Um, I think people, and I mean, I mean this, and and what I'm saying isn't a new idea. It's, it's stuff that people have said, but, um, I personally think we need to stop looking outwards Mm -hmm. and start looking inwards. And I know that sounds a bit yogury. Um, (laughs) I'm aware of that, but I think it's all about if we start to take care of ourselves a little bit better, then I think a ton of other stuff is going to fall into place. Mm. So we stop worrying about other people and what they're doing and 
we start taking that five minutes in the day to check in with ourselves. How do I feel? What have I got going on? What do I need? What's going to support me today? Do I need to speak to someone professionally? Do I need to speak to a friend and let them know I'm struggling? Mm. Um, whatever it is, you know, we're getting better, but we're still, uh, you know, a little behind and all that. And just being able to say to a friend, you know what, um, today isn't good for me. I'm feeling anxious and, and, and for your friends to be like, yeah, okay, you've got the space. That's, you know, okay. Yeah. And, 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 and just being more aware of how we feel. Cause once we know how we feel, then we can begin to do something about it. And I think the biggest stuff, I mean, obviously there's so much stuff going on in the world at the moment, but I think that will aid yeah. and support in this direction. And then just when it comes to small things that people can do, um, maybe, maybe starting with the breath, mm. just starting with some, some breath and then taking it from there. You know, most of us, we don't breathe properly. Yeah. Um, we're too busy and, 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 you know, we are, we're super busy taking a deep breath and then seeing where that leads you take yeah. five big breaths or 10, and then maybe find a breath meditation on YouTube that's free. And then add that into your day and then see where that takes you. Mm. And yeah. I don't know if that's a little simple, but that's, no, that's, that's the start perfect. of yeah, yeah, and that's it. I think it's all about giving uh, ideas for simple steps because otherwise it's too big. People don't do it. Um, ah, yeah, and it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. And as you know, I'm sure it's an ongoing, everyday journey. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, But the breath is what, what a wonderful place to start because it's such a brilliant tool. And that's, it's all about the breath. That's what I say when I teach. Yeah. Actually, all this other stuff is all about the breath. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, we could do a whole other podcast on the breath. As oh well, my gosh, we? We yeah. Oh, we could talk about that for hours. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. It's been so lovely chatting to you today. Um, where can gosh. people find you online and in person as well um, if they want to know more or go yeah. to a class or a workshop or, yeah. Great. Um, so you can find me on my Instagram, which is at Becky Very Harris. I'll spell that out because it's a bit of a weird name. So it's Becky as normal, um, V-A-R-E-Y, and then Harris, as it would be. Um, and then um, I've started a, a Patreon page, which is where you can find all my videos. So that is at patreon.com forward slash yoga society um and otherwise i'm based in oxford so if anyone is oxford or oxfordshire <laughs> or um southern in any way um i'm around and and the instagram is probably the best place because i'm noisy on there and i love to post things and about all my workshops and things and yeah I think that's it lovely well i'll put links to all of the your links and stuff um links to all of your links in the show notes yeah so can, can find them but thank Thanks. you so much um thank you so much it's been so interesting i could talk for like 10 hours yeah, to you. <laughs> thank you for listening to create shift you'll find all the links and resources spoken about in today's episode over in the show notes at being-change.com you can also head there to find out more about me, about working together, and to find more information and resources on living your most purposeful and holistic life. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find me on Instagram at being underscore change. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a rating and a review. This helps other people who might enjoy the show too to find it. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.